high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Wednesday, October 12th. Findings from a vision and strategic action plan were presented to Moab City Council yesterday. That report, called Moab Tomorrow Together, is the result of community surveys, workshops, and focus groups that started in January. David Burrell is the CEO of Future IQ, the company that did the research. So this chart is highlighting the concern from the first survey, so nearly 800 people. Um, deep concern about the current direction and the speed of change. So what we have to make sure is that uh, the vision and the roadmap will give people a pathway forward to say, can we change that that curve or that, that chart? That's to me is... Um, a key priority. Although participants were troubled with the direction Moab is heading, there was good news. Bureau found high levels of agreement around different paths for the community. We call them strategic pillars, but think of them as the big building blocks to be able to support that future, which people called a locally driven future, um, around tourism, affordability, equity, leadership and decision making, environmental stewardship, workforce and housing, community fabric and well-being. Residents then helped to provide specific recommendations around those pillars. For example, the electrification of recreation vehicles could be a way to develop tourism more sustainably. Incentivized desert landscaping could help us through this drought. Participants also agreed that Moab should work closer with Grand County to achieve these goals. We did ask this question about how important is it for Moab to collaborate with Grand County to seek regional solutions. And we got a home run on that one, right? Overall, those locals that participated didn't want to be left behind as the area continues to develop for tourism. That was one of the more popular pillars that Bureau mentioned, locally driven future. I think this was a subtext to the whole uh, visioning process, this notion of We've got this great tourism economy, right? But don't forget about us, right? Because the sense was locals are feeling a little bit elbowed out of the way and decisions are being made that don't necessarily serve their priorities. And I think this, uh, this sort of supports that. Another highlight from the report, although there are concerns about Moab's path now, there's still excitement for the future. You can see the results of this proposed plan for Moab at a presentation tonight at 6 p.m. in Star Hall. One Western Slope state legislator is asking the U.S. District Court to impose the maximum penalty in the so-called body brokering case against Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose, Colorado. Hundreds of families were impacted by the federal crime that forced the legislators to change Colorado law. There was even a Moab resident who claims their late mother's body was sold by the funeral home and that they received powdered concrete instead of remains. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KVNF's Lisa Young has the story. The five-year-old case against Megan Hess and Shirley Koch is coming to an end with sentencing scheduled for January 3rd. Hess and Koch pled guilty to one count of federal mail fraud, avoiding a public trial in Grand Junction. This was the largest body snatching case in American history. It occurred in Montrose. It impacted Coloradans all across the western slope. That state representative, Matt Soper from Delta. It included over 800 uh, dead bodies that were um, either chopped up and sold in pieces or in uh, whole uh, to foreign countries, foreign militaries. Soper, who represents House District 54, says hundreds of victims have expressed how the crimes committed at the Montrose Funeral Home are like a second death to them. 
Many will never know what happened to their loved ones' remains. And the magnitude and gravity of the case on the Western Slope spurred legislators like Soper into action. This case is so huge that the General Assembly of Colorado has actually changed statute in three different places. Now in the state of Colorado, licensing for a funeral home must be separate from licensing of an anatomical or donation agency. In the case of Sunset Mesa, Hess and Koch operated their mortuary and donor services in the same building. Soper led the way to making the abuse of a corpse a Class 6 felony in Colorado. Prior to Sunset Mesa, it was a misdemeanor. Had the felony law been in place, Hess and Koch could have faced upwards of 80 years in prison if convicted. Colorado legislators also made it unlawful for a person to own more than 10% direct or indirect interest in a funeral establishment or crematory while simultaneously owning more than a 10% direct or indirect interest in a non-transplant tissue bank. More recently, Soper, a Republican, teamed up with Representative Dylan Roberts, a Democrat, to make sure that the Department of Regulatory Affairs, or DORA, can inspect a mortuary upon request or following a complaint. Five times state regulators showed up and five times they were told, no, you can't come onto our property. But if they had been a restaurant or a hairdresser or any other uh, regulated uh, business, they wouldn't have been able to refuse a door investigation. Because the Sunset Mesa case involved a raid and investigation by the FBI, Soper is advocating making the abuse of a corpse a felony under federal law. This case had to be carried out by the FBI because so many of the bodies were in foreign countries or other states. Following the crimes committed at Sunset Mesa Funeral Home, many West Slope families are making unusual requests of funeral homes and cremation providers. I was at a funeral recently and the family wanted the full casket opened up to make sure it was their loved one in full before being closed and lowered into the, the grave and buried. And that would not have happened before the Sunset Mesa atrocity. The, the other change that I've heard uh, locally from different uh, funeral directors is that they will have families that will come and say, I want to see the body go into the furnace uh, when it's being cremated. Despite the Montrose case involving the dismemberment of bodies, selling body parts or whole bodies to body brokers, the case falls under the catch-all of federal mail fraud. It's, uh, it's used often, kind of like tax evasion, to go after very bad actors in society when there's a lacking in, say, federal criminal law or where state law wouldn't have imposed a stiffer penalty. No matter where the Sunset Mesa crimes fall under the law, Soper maintains a strong stance on gaining the maximum 20-year penalty for Hess and Koch this January. I just uh, feel so strongly that uh, 20 years should be the sentence of the maximum just because of the uh, gravity of the crimes committed, the number of victims involved. The fact that most crimes don't result in legislation changing. This crime has resulted in three bills uh, changing law, and there's still probably two or three more um, changes to law that are going to be made to address this particular crime. And that when, when you have this happen, that warrants the maximum penalty that is under law. For KVNF, I'm Lisa Young.
That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, October 12th. Just a reminder, it's our fall radiothon. If you'd like to support KZMU News, now is the time. Give us a call or stop by the station. You can also visit kzmu.org to donate or check out our merch. Your support not only helps us provide local news, but put on events like a two-hour candidate debate. We hosted one for the position of county attorney and sheriff recently. And this Monday, the community will hear from those running for county commissioner and state representative. It's a lot of work to organize these events, but they're important, and we couldn't do them without you.